0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the Open Bar Experience. I am your host, David Thackeray. I'm a hospitality professional with two decades of experience in the bar and restaurant industry. My pursuit in this podcast is to have difficult conversations of our industry and of society as a whole. On the last episode, we got into the topic of, of politics and race. Here in the united states and this is something that in the restaurant and bar industry it's a, it's a big no-no it's a big taboo but not here not at this open bar so what i want to continue today with is in line with that subject because we discuss uh, cancel culture for one thing and cancel culture uh, is something that uh, people of color have been have been experiencing for a very long time, since the inception of this of this country, or since the uh, sec- first Civil War, because if you wanted to be accepted in society, then you had to behave the way that was acceptable to the white community, and in part that had to be with um, you had to either behave as a white person or as a white the way of white person expected you as a person of color to behave and if you behave too much like them or um, too much better than them then uh, you pay the price too and that is something that I want to discuss today because there's two things that are really in my mind right now and that's one of them it's uh, how did that come about right this idea of what brown and black people are supposed to, to behave like And the other one is how, what does it mean when people of color are talking about race and talk about white people? Because it may not be what you think it is. So let's start with the first one. The first one is that of uh, um, the perception of white America. Okay, I'm going to start with that of what a person of color is, right? And where did they get that idea? Well, they got that idea from the media. And uh, some people are like, ah, you see, the liberal media is against you too. Well, that's bullshit because there is no liberal media. There's there's just money. And the most media conglomerates, most media stations, networks, are are owned by some conglomerate who has got a group of wealthy conservatives at the helm of it? And so if conserva- if liberal media seems stupid sometimes, it, it, it feels like it's done on purpose. Now we're talking in, let's talk about Hollywood. Hollywood is always the, the liberal bastion of the world, which is bullshit too, because you know I lived in California and in California, I came across some very ugly conservatives. Um and so where did people come up with the this idea of brown and black people? Well, if you remember the movies of the 70s for instance, and before, but let's start with the 70s is pretty modern area era and I think some of you were born in the 70s that are my listeners, listeners of this show. And in the 70s those movies were um depicted uh, black people and brown people as criminals. If you look at Charles Bronson's movie or Clean Eastwood, um, th- the black people there, the worst criminals and the ones that you really just, they should die, right? Justice needs to be served. You know, you got Death Wish from uh, um, Charles Bronson, where, you know, these dirty criminals kill his family. And so he goes out and becomes a vigilante. And, uh, you know, the people that are, that are, Criminals, the worst criminals that you think deserve to die, are people of color. When they have people of color as a um, as a cop, for instance, or DA, or something like that, someone who's who's on the side of, of of the good guy, it's always a conservative, right? So, you know, it's always someone that believes the same thing as they do. It's a conservative. Then you have the uh, Clint Eastwood where he's a cop and he's a cop that doesn't believe in taking people to jail he just believes that some some scumbags need to be killed right at, right there right then and there and so you have all of those um, criminals that are people of color right they're ignorant the way they talk like everything about them is the lowest form right that always exists and And then you have, in sometimes not necessarily in those movies, but in other movies, where you have um, the people of color that are intellectuals. Well, now those people are uppity. They weren't just black intellectuals or brown intellectuals, Latinos intellectuals. They were uppity. So it presented someone that was so snobby that no one wanted to be like them. So the the people of color in, in, in the hood. Well, they didn't want to be a, that uppity shitbag bag, asshole. Right. They didn't, they didn't want to aspire to be like that person. Cause that person thought themselves they were just better than everyone else. The people that were good were always of the street. So anyways, this is kind of the way they, 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 they took the argument out of the uh, the black and brown conversation of like not all uh, black people are are bad in, in the movies, right? But the reality is this when it, we get to the white community, is that uh, during that time, uh, people in middle America in the suburbia didn't know any people of color. and so this was what they got whatever was on TV and uh, and then you had t- shows like good times and and uh, the Jeffersons, which, you know, also played real hard on a lot of these uh, these uh, um, stereotypes. And good times was mostly for black people because they always had that strong message of uh, family and, and doing the right thing. And the Jeffersons was more accepted because you know it had the, the the white guy that was the husband of the black lady, and and then George Jefferson was a conservative. He was stingy. He he didn't like you know his son mooching on him and, and or his friends or family members, like he was conservative, so it was more for white people, right? He had conservative views. So that was more popular in in, in pop in pop culture, right? It wasn't just kinda like a, a a show for black people. For good times was. But you keep then you have also if if you remember Kind of touched on the subject last week of suburbia being a place where William uh, Levittown uh, created these, these like six different uh, homes, right? Th- these floor plans that they would just execute those six, you know, hundreds or thousands of th- times. And so this is how they created uh, suburbia, which was uh, a cheap home. Um, and whenever those, Neighborhoods started; those communities started to 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 uh, come online, and people that started to sell these homes. Well, they weren't selling them to black people; they weren't allowed to sell them to black people, right? And so now suburbia started off on, it, at the very beginning as segregated. Okay, it was segregated. White—that's where white people who didn't want their kids or themselves to mix with black people, people of color, uh, went to. And then we had the civil rights movement. And the Civil Rights Act was late in the 60s. And the thing is, is that as all these things start to change, you're still talking about a decade before, you know, people of color are really truly moving in any kind of significant number to the the suburbs. So again, you have this insulated mindset out in the suburbs. You have this insulated mindset out in middle America. Where you know you go to the middle of Kansas, and you know how many black people do they have in the, in some of those small communities. Sometimes none, and so all they know about people of color is what they see on television and movies. And during the 70s and 80s, it was it was the typical uh, stereotype. You know, all black people talk jive, and a lot of the the Latinos had some sort of uh, hard accent. And when that's, I'm not even going to get into the Asians. Because Asians were always had a really hard accent that you couldn't really understand them. And they were a store clerk, you know, store owner, uh, convenience store owner. But anyways, so you have that. Then you had the, what was it? Um, The Cosby show that presented a different type of black family. And even black people would say that's not the way a black family is. It was so different, right? Again, this idea of uppity. It got this idea of uppity got sold to the point where it was people rejected um, being able to to be a nerd basically, right? It's like so negative, so uppity, so uh, you know why why do you talk white? So then this was the idea of what people of color were um, through the through through the conservative money of, uh, of Hollywood. Um, after that, you had a different world and you, have, you had some progression in the 80s and 90s, but still a lot of what people's ideas of what people of color are comes from the media. So you have these conservatives in, in Hollywood, like Clint Eastwood, which behold, <laughs> when a black president came on, he became politically active. Um, and you know we know the story of that right ever since uh, Barack Obama became president he has just been unhinged on the the, uh, the the American society is just coming to a crash right too much integration for him and go back and take a look at those dirty heavy movies those were very very telling and even if you go back to his spaghetti western you know the way that the uh, the, the Latino the Mexicans um um uh, you know, people uh, are portrayed are very slow-witted and, uh, and with thick accent, right? And in Dirty Harry, the way that black people are uh, portrayed are very selfish and uh, uh, very much a, 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 a leash and, and a virus. And then you have Gran Torino, you know. He had to do something for the Asians, right? And there you go and now again you have these people in suburbia and middle america who have this perception of what uh, people of color are you you bring that to today to black lives matter and black lives matter um protests have been happening in some cities consistently to to this day to right now and i'm sure that there there are bad actors in there that are the ones that are going in at night and and causing trouble, looting, um, beating people, all that kind of stuff. So there are people that are taking advantage of that. These protests start with normally someone who has lost uh, a loved one, uh, a child or a parent to police brutality and the lack of accountability to it, to them, on them, on police, and it morphs into something violent because people are taking advantage of that. However for those people who don't have a connection to these communities all they see in the news is like black lives matter rioting right which means you you're disconnected you're not you're not understanding what is happening and for you to to all of a sudden be so gullible as to believe anything that news says <laughs> or believe that they can't not be any bad actors, whether it is people from the police department or right wing that are going to go in there and start trouble in order to associate it with Black Lives Matter. Then you're a fool. Right. Or this is just the way that you want to think. So we have that. All right. Next thing is. When it comes to people of uh, we people of color having a conversation that. uh uh about race, first off, these days we were saying, oh, well, if if we're having a conversation about race, then you're racist, right? If you're pointing out some of the uh, egregious uh, behavior by uh, white people, whether they're politicians or police or uh, business owners um, or colleagues in in business, You're, you're racist. Okay, that used to be, oh, you're using the race card back in 20 years ago. Anytime you talked about race and you, and you were being clear about it and you were being blunt and fo- upfront about it, then you were using the race card. Race card now has evolved to calling you a racist, right? And so that conversation has been getting shut down for the longest time. And that's why I think that the sustained protest and the sustained um, subject of race needs to occur to make people uncomfortable enough for them to understand what the other side has been living and therefore make those changes and i'm talking to you the reasonable people the people that that given a good reason and argument you will do the right thing because some people just want to see the world burn and you know that's we've been seeing we've been witnessing that for the last four years three and a half years But okay, when we say white people is this, is because when we say white people is that there are a lot of these people from these places that I just said, from suburbia or from middle America, who really don't have a whole lot of experience with people of color and who really don't have any ill will towards people of color and who really, truly believe in in social justice. But they're they're kind of tone deaf. Right. They're 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 ignorant of the subtlety of bigotry. And therefore, when someone says something to us and is charged, um, and I, and I have too many experiences when it comes to the service, whether it was back when I was into film photography and going into a place that, uh, to process my film print stuff that they normally didn't see people of color, then, um, I would just get these looks like what are you doing here like you know what do you even want do you even understand what and and the question the sequence of questions that I would get was unlike the sequence of questions that the person in front of me would get right even when I was pretty much a regular customer when there were multiple employees that were seeing me there you know 2 3 times a month I've had these experiences also in restaurants and bars I've had an explicit Uh, experience that's coming to mind right now where this guy asked me after having me wait like 10 minutes and making other people uncomfortable by how long I was waiting he comes up to me and says yeah what do you want and this is like an upscale this is like a you know 50-60 dollar for a meal for one person all I wanted to do was sit down and eat so this is the kind of stuff that is more blatant and overt but oftentimes, that kind of stuff comes in the way that, you know, they might say the same exact thing to a person of color as they do to a, a white person, uh, but they say it different. They say it in such a way that it's devoid of any politeness, it is, it's devoid of any uh, service, any, any, any couth, hospitality. <clears throat> it, is, it tends to be curt, so borderline rude, but not really. It, it always falls on the side, of like, I'm, I'm just doing my, my job, right? Because they're following the secrets of the steps of service, but they're doing it in such a way that they make you uncomfortable because the vibe is uncomfortable. So when we, we talk about white people, we're talking inclusively of, yes, people that may be on our side, but that are also unaware of a lot of the things that we deal with that are subtle, that are constant. And it's it's a lot like the way that sexism is, right? Women feel this all the time. Women have this problem to where, you know, it's just the boys club, right? So they might not say something overtly that is offensive to you, but you can feel that you're not part of it or you're part of the joke or you're just there for your looks. You're just there for just to toss a little bit of estrogen into the testosterone mix. So therefore, I think women understand this a lot because they constantly um, deal with this, right? And it's not just the way that a guy is going to come and grab your ass or 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 say something inappropriate. It's just the way that the guy looks at you, right? It's just sometimes the way that you know a woman gets close to a guy and, and she'll feel creep, creeped out. Sometimes it's, it's extremely a lot. I think it's a lot of times it's really valid. And sometimes it's just. I think some people have a lot of trauma they haven't dealt with, and, and therefore it, it just it, it perpetuates itself. But we're not going to go there. What we're talking about right now is this thing to where when we're using this general term, we're not looking to to offend you. What we're looking to do is to speak of the the nature of the the oversight, the fact that you don't see it, right. And the fact that it happens sometimes right in front of you or even you might partake and not really know what it is that you're doing. The thing is, is that right now this conversation has been going for so long that I think you are starting to get it. And therefore, we see a lot of people of all colors and genders taking part in these protests. Because we do realize you realize, I realize, we realize that these are extremely important. The reason they're extremely important is because they affect people we love. They affect people we know, we respect, you know, people that may have helped us out in the past, maybe someone who we did help out in the past. But the point is is that this is not a a just you know people of color conversation. This is a conversation that includes you. It's just that it's slightly different when your perspective is skewed by the the, the the treatment that you get that tends to assume good intent from you and the treatment we get that tends to assume bad intent from us. And again, and I'm a, I, I see this as something that has been decades on the works, in the works, and it's, it's something that is really ingrained in people's minds. And and again, I've experienced it many times. I remember coming across somebody from Middle America that, you know, whenever I told him I was Puerto Rican, he's like, oh, like the guy in New York on the cover. I'm like, no, not at all, because that dude is completely different from me. Right? We don't... So, anyways, I just wanted to clarify that because we got into the subject of of our allies uh, in this conversation with Nate and and the thing is is that I feel like it's more about conservative and and, and liberal views rather than than white and black that simple because there uh, I think when people move to the whether it's the suburbs or they move out of the city uh people of color that are conservative and they're they're a a small minority but they have very conservative values uh they end up assimilating some of these negative ideas about people of color you know all of this has been concentrated in people of color when it comes to the media to movies and tvs you you rarely see it from you know trailer parks and, and 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 hollers uh as the subject of of movies in in places where terrible people exist and you know they're all bad people there's always good people right and you don't see as many movies of that again like all we want to do is to be ourselves right we we don't want the 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 cancel culture of of you know white america on us that you know everything is cool with me as long until i start to play salsa music or i start to speak spanish everything is cool with the with the black guy until he starts to play rap music or you know start to to talk loud or or whatever kind of way right that's the <clears throat> that's the cancer culture we've been dealing with uh, all of our lives and so the problem i think is that a lot of times when people say We say all we want to do is to be ourselves because there's so much negative presentation of people of color in movies and TV, then what people start thinking is that all we want to do is burn everything down. All we want to do is be criminals. I mean, from the very onset of uh, the candidacy of Donald Trump, when he gave his uh, candidacy, candidacy speech, he laid it out as to what he was going to do with immigrants, and he gave every all his followers the excuse to perceive them as rapists and murderers. Some are good, but they're not you, is what he said. In other words, you're better. Some are good, but they're not you, right? Your supremacy statement that he made you're superior to them most of them are rapists and and murderers and some of them are okay but they're not you and that is what we've been dealing with the last three years it's time to change it so let's go to the other side what about our white allies i mean Uh, there's been a lot i mean there's plenty of white people that i know that can't stand them Definitely would, uh, really are. voted against him. We'll vote uh, vote uh, against him again. And, uh, if, I, if I have to say,
1: Sean, Sean Beck. That's, 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 that's an ally right there. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, we might let, let him into the club. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: but
1: I love Sean Beck. But no, um, there's been... Uh, right now, that's that's another thing. With, with the George Floyd thing happening, we're seeing a lot of support. More than we've ever seen before. But... We gotta see how long Like I've told a lot of My white friends Like You're gonna jump on this train Know that it's We're It's gonna be a long ride You know Like Exactly Uh If this is not a Facebook post Or Instagram post Um You are in for it And it's gonna be a very long And bumpy ride You're gonna go for it And And Obviously You know These corporations And And you know, I can even say it now, Bacardi as they're trying to reach out and, and all this good stuff. But to me, it's you sticking it in through the, through the long way. It's not just completely changing everything all at once. It's going to be a very slow and gradual process if, you, if you're if you trying to support, you know, this, this fight. We've been in this fight since the country was conceived. <laughs> so, you know, like, if you're going to jump in it, you better be in it to win it. Don't give us a token service, you know, we don't wanna know that. Uh, We've never asked for anything except, you know, that you uh, empathize, like, and have empathy and and be able to, you know, realize that we are, we are, the reason we are fucked up is for a reason. We're not, we're not like out here marching these streets and we're not out here uh, demanding justice for people because we're fucking crazy this this system of racism uh that has been built in our country has really fucked us up <laughs> we're messed up in the head we don't trust people like we're, we're, well, we're really messed up
0: yeah I, I think that on that vein it's sort of like uh, i'll give you an example from from my experience um people i've had people at the different bars at different times, right, years apart, where um, they're white conservatives and they might be visiting from outside of, of the area of Houston. And uh and everything is fine. We talk, we chit chat, everything is cool. And then all of a sudden I'll turn around and, and say something in Spanish to another employee, and from then on the conversation is done and over with. Like they do yeah. you know, I'm like, Are you doing good? And they're like, mm mm-hmm. They don't even want to talk to me. They don't want to look at me. Like That conversation is over. And it's sort of like this: this uh, they've accepted these ideas of racism that they built into their character and into the view of the world. And so it's one thing to have it in the review of the world because that can change, but it's sort of like it's baked into their character. Like they cannot yeah. let themselves be seen um, uh, being nice to someone that doesn't fit into... What they've been told, uh, their world is, because it belongs to them, and and I think that it is the same thing with black people. Too many times I've seen people get really tense. Some you know white conservatives get tense whenever a black person comes into the bar. Again, many different bars that I've worked at, and um, for no reason because I'm looking at the person, I just see a guy, you know. I mean, because I've been yeah. I've been working downtown for a long time. I've been working bars in you know. For a long time, like you, you you, get a sense for who's looking for trouble or, or who's who's looking for, you know, who's who's not kosher. Right. Yeah. And so I look at the person and I'm like, this is just a guy, you know, maybe. Yeah. And and they get uncomfortable because all they see is a skin color, just the same as those people just saw me as probably a Latino conservative. But all of a sudden, if I speak Spanish, then I can't be a Latino conservative. Mm-hmm right <laughs> or i can't be part of the team anymore because you 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 talk that language and yeah. that was a big big problem uh growing up here when i moved here was because parents would not teach their kids spanish because they didn't want them to be second class citizens and i think that 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 uh, exact that's... that exact reaction is what a second class citizen does yeah you see and I think that the trauma and, and that distrust that you talk about is sort of like, it's the same thing. It's that reaction from this system that just doesn't let you be yourself. Because the minute that you're yourself, you're too loud, you're too this. People will always tell me yeah. that about black people oh, black people are too loud. They, they, they always do this and, you know, they, they whatever. And I'm like, yeah, you just described Puerto Ricans. <laughs> right? And at the start, and, and it, like me growing up I, and it, and it, and I, let me finish and, let me finish with this and I was saying that in the sense that you can say that about so many different people everybody loves my exactly. Greek wedding And what do those motherfuckers do yeah. break glass <laughs> Loud Greek, yeah. and so it's yeah. like you can say it from so many different people but the skin color makes it worse for them yeah
1: absolutely but I, I don't think white people realize how much energy that black people going, uh, that that, like mindful, that we put into skirting like the the, the system. And like I remember growing up, like you don't realize that you have to, you know, that you turn on like a certain, like a switch, like your blackness, like you turn it off and on. Especially I remember just growing up in high school, like, Oh, i have to use my white voice, or I have to talk like this, I, you know, or like when I am rob my people, like, I am like, hey, what's up, oh, and then you tone it down. Like, you don't realize how much energy that takes, you know, or even when I'm talking with my boss from work, like, I have a certain way, and white people can go about their lives and just be their white toe Yeah. But, like, you know, for, for you, me, like, it takes a lot, It, it you don't think about it, but you know, because you know, around most people that you know are your loved ones, but like when you're working and you're going about just navigating through throughout the day, like we have to become different people just so that we don't give in to that stereotype of or you know how we react to things. I remember as a bartender, especially too. Uh, I really noticed it when I worked at Julep, it was like Julep, you know, it, it was God, something about that southern culture there, like. It brought huh. out white people. <laughs> like, <laughs> like white people would be talking to you a certain way and I'm like, hey, it's not not that something over here, man. I right? like but like I just I I realized like, yeah, man, I, I, I really have to have a different personality. Uh, because hospitality like I would like really stress like the hospitality um, uh feel there. She wanted to be everybody would as super hospitable as, as possible. And so yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't act like I did when I worked in 1990. You know, <laughs> like you know, it, you, know how you, yeah. you know how we were in 1990. So, yeah,
0: that was that was um, a different thing. So
1: yeah, I, I had to like really navigate that. But I was, uh, I know black people will feel me when they when they see like sometimes we just have to turn turn the knob, turn the dial down, or you know turn it up. Same thing as Hispanic, and Latino, but like, you just kind of know like when to to go turn it up to 10 and you know sometimes you got to dial it down to like a four or five you know so yeah but you know i pray for the day when we don't like we just like we are who we are just you know everybody knows who we are everybody knows who i am hopefully um as a person you know so like but you know most
0: people some people don't you know that's that's an interesting conclusion is that at the end of the day all of this that we're going through all this arguing all this posturing all of this digging in the heels is just so you we can get to the point we can we can just be ourselves and not be discriminated against because of it and and again being ourselves and doing the same exact thing that everyone else is doing that is acceptable and just maybe doing it with a different flair that doesn't doesn't hurt anybody but somehow has become you know, offensive because someone yeah. deemed it offensive, not that it is and so we get back to cancel culture so I guess white people have had cancel culture on us, impose on us from the very get-go yeah <laughs> yeah, we've
1: been yeah, we've been getting canceled uh, <laughs> at the exception of the country man uh this, this 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 new thing this thing now with uh this five-year-old kid that got that that's one thing that's
0: oh really my God. upsetting
1: me just like white people using like just like they trying to, to to play the victim card and it, I, we're not having it we're not having it at all what happened to that kid was terrible
0: of course um but don't but they caught like, him and it, put him it, in jail
1: exactly they they i mean
0: so what are you complaining like, about
1: oh, what are you complaining about? You have nothing to complain about. In fact, it's helping our cause. And I was like, dude, like it took three weeks for them to arrest Amar Arbery's uh, murderers. It, it Breonna Taylor, it, they killed his cold blood. They're still walking around. Like, this is what we're fucking talking about, fool. <laughs> like, yeah. like, why are we, what, you know, like it should be immediate. It should be immediate. Uh, You know, it, it's. It's insane that we have to keep trying to explain this to people. Um, and, yeah, and that's another thing about Republicans, too. Cancel culture doesn't work on them. They don't care. You know, in fact, the more people call them out, the more emboldened they are. Yeah. It, that that absolutely does not work for them. Like, they, they, they love being the bad guy. They love playing the villain. They do not care that... You know people are calling them out on their morals and their principles they don't care anymore because it, it, we try to do it we try to do it back in 2016 and it, it, they, they you know they have their click and it, you know as long as they have their president and their leader they're completely fine with, with, with having that well and losing friends. look at some of the Republicans that I have on my my feed that, that talk and how they talk
0: yeah but I mean look at the uh, the Goya guy yeah. I mean, he's just, I mean, it doesn't matter what Trump, how Trump treats Goya consumers at the border. He's still saying this is the, 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 the greatest, great president. And, and thank God that, that we have him as a president. And here we are, they're abducting children, putting them in a hotel, you know, with people that are not even in uniform down in Texas, yeah. in, in, in McAllen. Um reports of abuse sexual and otherwise being destroyed by homeland security and ice and no one you know and and it's like you're the moral party and look at the shit that you are complicit of so you know and again to me the 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 latino community should just absolutely completely stop consuming goya products and let them know what that means but yet People don't don't want, still don't want to get involved in politics, and it's the reason uh, why they have uh, to go out of their way to make sure their children uh, don't don't speak Spanish, um, learn how to talk, you know, different in a different tone, in a different way, how to protect themselves from getting shot from the police, how to uh, accept rejection when they are deserving. It's called kinds of dumb yeah. shit.
1: Yeah, it. It's a shame, man, I'm not, but you know, if you don't want to get involved in politics, politics is going to happen with or without you. You can either get involved or you can't, like, or, or you can let people do things to you. Uh, I was like, that's what I was, If you don't want to come to the table to eat, you know, it, it, the dinner's going to happen. You know, things are going to happen with or without you. So you might as well, you know, get involved. Like this whole, let's not talk about politics. I, I hate that. I told, like I, I told you, I hate it. Talk about it. Everybody should be talking. Donald Trump would not be president right now if we were all talking. And, and I think a lot of that happened with Hillary back in 2016, too. Because they just people just kept posting, like, little things, sharing articles, emails, 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 until you forget what the whole narrative is even about. But you just, like, okay, I've seen all this stuff on social media every day about 24-7 about Hillary Clinton. Something's wrong with his email. She's really shady. And that's the narrative you start to believe. Uh, gradually, slowly, but surely. Uh, I mean, people to this day still don't know, like, the everything about Benghazi. I was a big Susan Rice. I wanted Susan Rice to be the BP pick. And uh, I looked in the, I mean, I really did a deep dive into Benghazi. And just like, she was a person that went on the news in, Place of Hillary Clinton to explain everything that happened, and she somehow got dragged into it. It was it's was, it's insane, um, yeah. and the whole situation was terrible. <laughs> but like, if she would have got picked for VP, I was thinking myself like, they're gonna dog walk her on social media just like they're dog walking Kamala Harris right now over uh, you know I want everything his, that she's done.
0: I wanted Stacey Abrams.
1: I love Stacey, but man,
0: I think she was. Know you she, know what she would have done? She fucking lit a fire on everyone. You understand what I'm saying? I want like, her to be governor
1: though. I want her to, to, to run for governor again. Um she should be governor right now. Yeah. And I think she still has some more work to do in Georgia. And as V P she wouldn't a lot of that stuff would fall to the wayside. And that's why I think she um she she needs she's still needed in Georgia. But I I definitely think she's she's got a future. Um. yeah th- but there's there's so much voter suppression she should be governor right now she should be yeah. everybody knows that and uh, like I don't know how people are okay with that to do how in the world can you be running for governor but still be secretary of state controlling the votes like I, I don't I don't get how that can be a thing you know like he literally stole that election from her man it, it, it was it's sad, and, and Jordan would suffer for it because of COVID. Because she would have been doing a lot better job.
0: Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I,
1: I love Stacey Abrams. I love Stacy. Yeah, I thought Susan Rice to me like she was. A, I think she was a solid pick because she has never held elected office, but she had she's been in office. Like she's been, you
0: know. Oh man, she's, she's beyond so much that. International experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's a sophisticated mind. I mean she's old school old school uh, uh, politicians where it's like they groom themselves for years before they they go you know they they get into these key positions so they know a lot of people they have a lot of background information yeah it's it's a it's that it's a different level of uh, politics that it's almost like people are turning against it and it's like I thought you, you wanted the most competent person in charge of your of of you know of your budget of your of your military you know of the diplomacy of so many different things that that involve being at that that level
1: absolutely and yeah she to me i think biden on the home front is going to do a lot to fix the divide within her like we have a lot of work to do on the international front to fix the last four years and i think she would have been perfect uh as the vp candidate but who's to say? Like she could probably, she. I mean, she might be sec- secretary of state. Uh, Second, uh, you know, she could. Yeah. Definitely fit into one of those positions.
0: Well, I want um, Andrew Yang as a technology guru.
1: Oh man, for sure. Oh, it's gonna be an all-star team. I think. I think Biden's bringing everybody. If he wins, he, he's gonna. It's gonna be some serious people. Like the big ones to me, secretary of whoever secretary of education is, Betsy DeVos. That's another person we just can't afford for another four years if you, if we want Man. children to have a confident future. We're not supposed to know these people. <laughs> like, that's the problem. Like, yeah. you're not supposed to know who the Secretary of Housing and Development is. I can't name, I can, you know, I, I, can, I have to look it up, like Obama's people. We just knew that they were confident and that they did their job. But, like, we shouldn't know who Betsy DeVos is. But, like, she's doing such a terrible job. Except he's in the papers all the time, you know. Yeah. The Attorney General. We shouldn't know who that is, but like he's been a supervillain. He's a little like just a supervillain. A uh, Ben yeah. Carson, a brain surgeon. What? Yeah. Don't make him like Attorney. You know, Surgeon General maybe, but he's in charge of housing and development. Well, like that in itself is kind of racist that Trump put him in. Charge I know. Like he's a fucking brain surgeon. I know. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Let's put the brain surgeon in charge of housing in a, like, what?
0: And the Surgeon General? The have surgeon you seen man.
1: that dude? The Surgeon General? Yeah, that dude.
0: That's a tool. Uh,
1: yeah, he's a tool, too. He's a tool. He's a tool, too. That's why I'm like, what's his name, too? he <laughs> got the blackest name, too. I can't remember. Which one? Oh, uh, uh, the Surgeon General. What's the Surgeon General? Oh, man. I, it's just, like, a really black name. I'm just like, oh, man, this dude is telling me my COVID, and his name is, like, Jamal or something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> but I was just like... Uh, but yeah, I was just like, "Come on, Trump." He puts these black people in in, uh, in you know these positions just to so he can make it. Jerome Adams—that's his name, Jerome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, this dude Jerome told me how to not get COVID <laughs> or how to put a mask on.
0: Um, yeah, but it, you know, but it, like, it's yeah, almost he, like those positions he gave the, the black people were, are figureheads more than anything. It's not Uh, like there's a a lot of activity, like the Secretary of State or, or, you know, there shouldn't be that much activity with the uh, Department of uh, Education. But here we are, you know, as they try to uh, dismantle everything. Yep. Uh,
1: Is what's his name still? Secretary of Energy? Uh, Rick Perry?
0: He's the only one I haven't heard shit about. So he must be... He knows. Oh no,
1: he, he stepped down. He stepped down in twenty nineteen. I just see it now. Okay. But yeah, he was Secretary of Energy, and I, who knows who the Secretary of Energy is? Oh. Uh, uh. But like, yeah, Rick Perry was real quiet, man. but like, I was like, yeah, Rick Perry.
0: that's a seasoned uh, politician right there.
1: Of, he's in charge of our uh, nuclear
0: program. Yeah. So yeah, I bet. But yeah, I mean, it's only going to be worse if Trump gets reelected we like he's
1: going to bring on more. I mean, the courts is, is the most important thing. We're going to lose all control of the courts, and from there, they'll just start chipping away at everything: abortion, voting rights,
0: the the you know every,
1: what? Yeah, immigration.
0: You know what's been interesting about this? Now that you bring up the courts, is that most of us don't really think of the courts as important because we have the president and we have the congress and you know all that other shit that we focus on and the courts are really um, even if you don't have a full control of the courts it's even worse when you do have a full control but you know how long you can tie shit up for for years and years from one administration to the other you can keep something kick this take something to court do a lawsuit and just kick that can down the line and one administration gets to do nothing about it, and it falls on yep. the next one. It's insane.
1: I mean, Congress is the money; Senate does the legislation. But like, when you can uphold the law or you can interpret the law, you win everything. So like, when you when you have judges that can interpret the law as they see fit, and they're all Republican, you know, it, it's gonna be, yeah, it, it, you know, the. It's basically just skirting everything else, like you know you don't need to have control of the Senate or the or the Congress when judges can say, "Hey, this is how it's going to be, you know like abortion is illegal now, <laughs> you know abortion you know like they can they can just do that, and it's it's really scary, it's really scary, and it's really sad that we have to rely on somebody like Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg to stay alive.
0: She's done more than her part, man.
1: Done more than her part. Jeez. There's no reason she should be. You know, it's just. If there's anybody that goes
0: horrible. on, on Ro- Mount Rushmore. <laughs> it's her.
1: Yeah. Whew. That woman is a. Is a wow. She, and she's just like so casual about having cancer again. I got cancer again. I'm like, oh God, man. Why? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Why this woman?
0: October the 13th, uh, well, yeah, she, you say?
1: <laughs> October the 13th, man. It can't get here any faster. And I'm telling everybody, please, 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 just hold early. Let's not even talk about this mail-in ballot stuff. Because actually, I voted in the primary. It was very safe. Um, they give you, like, the little finger condom for the tree to use at the pole. <laughs> um, and everybody's masked up. And, and you know, I think it, it, it's relatively safe, um, especially... All you young people, vote. I see all these people at Chapman and Kirby and all these bars. It's definitely sacred than that. So, uh, and they sanitize the stations after every use. So, uh, I'm encouraging people to, to just not, not even give Trump a chance with his mail-in voting. We, we've, we've never been taught, like, uh, civics. Like, I don't know if you took civics, like, in high school. Civics is not a thing anymore. And... and you know, just like we, we're not taught about politics, um, our parents, or at least my parents, come from a from a place being you know we didn't talk about politics, and they told us not to, and so a lot of people don't get involved, and a lot of people don't know how to get involved uh, as well too. So, but it's something that's gonna have to happen.
0: No, I was. So I, I... Yeah, it's gonna have to happen, and and I didn't have civics class. I just was very very lucky to have a extremely talented uh, teacher in high school, our government class mm. and um, yeah he the way he had the way he did his class was you would he would build these rows right Each row was a team and he would mix them mm. up you know and uh, so that was your team for the for the entire uh, semester And he would go down the line and ha- ask you a question and you get one point. And the first person that gets to hundred points, that's where it stops. So if you got sixty points, then that's your that's your grade, for that for that, yeah. that that the participation grade. But he always made it really fair. I mean, even the dumbest motherfucker, he would give them the easiest question, so he can score for the team. And then he would have questions that uh, were you know for the entire team, and they would get to choose who wanted to. Or sometimes he was like, okay, this question you're getting. Uh it's a it's a point for everyone if you get it right. And the thing is is like you were so engaged. We used to there were teachers that would come and knock on the door and be like, Can you guys keep it down? Because, <laughs> because we would get like so excited about it, start arguing whether something was a fact or wasn't a fact. Right? Because it's like, yeah. no, they can't get a point because you asked this, they said that, and, and so we were learning what we were arguing against one another whether you should get that point or not, because now we're splitting hairs. You know, and I, like I said, he yeah. was extremely talented in, in establishing that 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 form of, uh, of learning on on kids that were at the right age, you know, because whenever you're that age, yeah. you know, 17, 18, uh, you want to argue, you know, you're smarter than anyone sure. else. And yeah. so that, that's the way that I got a lot of what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the age that really like you people need to start you know, and, 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 yeah, physics isn't hard anymore, so people are just, you know, just are very apathetic or just, they just don't really care about what happens in their government, and it's, especially on the local level, it's, it's fairly easy to get things done if people can just keep their eye finger on the pulse and, and just watch people and observe. I think a lot of the things that happen to us is because we're just not watching the people who are in charge you know and they they look to the left they look to the right hey nobody's really pushing me on anything so I'll, I'll do it how i want to and you know that's how things get
0: done well traditionally people had just left it to someone else to do all that and i think that's exactly. what was uh that the trump administration the trump campaign actually was very sophisticated in understanding in 2016 Was they understood that if they did a blitz they went all in um, because everyone on the other side is waiting for someone else to take care of shit they were gonna win yeah. because they were gonna yeah. completely mobilize everyone that is on their side which was smart very smart yeah, yeah. and here we are yep it's gonna be it's gonna
1: be a gonna be a hell of a finale to this uh, Donald Trump <laughs> <laughs> Reality show oh my god I cannot yeah i can't imagine what it's going to be like in November
0: what it's, the I
1: definitely don't think fuck. November third is going to be the day we figure out a president but you 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 then, you, can you imagine just for...
0: yeah, no, you understand what? that that in part i'm like there's a Hollywood producer in the White House, just like whacked the 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 yeah. dog that is is been been directing this fucking reality show in real time and here we are a fucking first world nation biggest economy biggest military some of the most biggest innovations of our time you know has occurred here and there's some fucking hollywood producer out there in in the white house fucking being the puppet master it's it's an insult it should be an insult. It should be an insult. It's, it's,
1: insane. I, it it, it's be an really insult. some crazy times that we are in. Man. I, you cannot make this up. You can't make any of this up. No way. If you would have told me in 2020, like the the pandemic, Donald Trump, like I, I'd be like, you're you're clown shoes. You're crazy. <laughs>
0: your
1: no way. <laughs> like this could be happening right now, and it's it's happening and. I mean, we're we're acting like this election is going to be normal. It's not going to be normal. There's going to be so many things that happen in between now and the end of the year. And then what even scares me more is when Trump loses, what he's going to do in those three months, you know, in those two and a half months that he has.
0: Yeah, lame duck.
1: I mean, yeah, it's going to be crazy. But. Um, uh,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean that's uh, yeah, um, yeah. That is something we're gonna have to deal with. That's gonna be the finale, right? Yeah, it's gonna be some fucked up shit that we're gonna have to deal with after uh, January twenty first.
1: I mean, the the only thing I think he can do now is start a war. That's the last thing he. I think he he's, is probably going to do before he leaves is start some shit with China. <laughs> you know, because he's been poking the bear for a while, and, and I think that's that's the one move that he has left. Start a war, try to make an excuse that oh we're at war, and I can't step down. Uh, but you know, we'll see we'll see what he does. But whatever he does, you know, it's not going to be good.
0: Yeah, and obviously that's that's the part that uh, sounds uh, alarmist, but. The fact is, is what he has been doing for the last three and a half years has been unprecedented and has been very corrupt. And um, and if anyone is waiting for a happy ending, um, I think that that you're uh, a bit uh, delusional, diluted or simply um, traumatized to the degree that you don't want to see what's actually happening.
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh, like I said, like this, this, this next cycle, like, there's no getting away from from the consequences of this election. Um, just like everybody's dealing with COVID, whether you believe in COVID or not, it's still affecting your life. Period. The end. I don't care who you are, and this presidency. I don't care who you are or what you feel. It's going to affect you. Uh, you know. Period. The end. You can run away from it. Doesn't matter. It's gonna hit you, you know, eventually. Um, people have literally lost their lives because of the inaction of the, the administration. Uh, Herman Cain lost yeah. his life, you know. That, like I don't think enough people are talking about that. Yeah, Herman Cain died going to a Trump rally. Yeah, he died. That is, that, you know, and everybody just kind of like shrugs because we're just in, you know deep in this shit that Trump every day or something but like this dude decided to go to a Trump rally and he ended up you know losing his life because of it that, that's insane to me
0: yeah that's that macho um, shit I don't need to wear a mask cause uh I'm too manly and and I think yep. that uh I'm wondering if his brother also uh died of COVID because they yeah, have they said
1: they said something about a, a brain hemorrhage or something like that but who knows man if it yeah. was COVID you know, the media would be, maybe all over
0: it. Well, not just that, but it would be, it, it, it would be to clear to his followers that he was willing yeah. to sacrifice his own brother. You know, yeah, that his actions killed Absolutely. his own brother, and so that's his own
1: brother. Uh, the one that uh, the his niece that wrote that book, she um, she said he was at like a movie when her,
0: his other brother died. Oh, really? I was like, wow.
1: Yeah. He went to a movie. He's like, oh, it's not that serious. I uh, went to a movie while, while his other brother was on the set there. It's
0: crazy. Wow. Well, we're going to have to pick this up again soon. Um, yeah, absolutely, man. It was a good talk. Yeah. And, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show again. And, uh, yeah man and talking about this because this is uh, something that you know like you said we have to break that idea that you can't talk about politics you know or or religion I mean it's it's affecting us too much in our daily lives even if we are not wanting to be involved with it or talk about it it's still affecting us uh, directly absolutely
1: absolutely and somebody's creating somebody's gonna direct the narrative if you're not you know like somebody is um, if you're ignoring it in fact they want you to to ignore it you know they want you to to not go so because they can get away with the, whatever they want once you start paying attention then they start paying attention so yeah All right, um, man, thank you.
0: yeah let's do this again
1: for sure man uh yeah it was, it was great uh I love the show too man you've been doing a good job on these on these pods man uh really really really
0: good perspective. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate it. Man, so that was a heavy conversation with uh, Nathan Raphael which uh, I want to give a big thank you to, for being on the show and and talk going through this with me because we are living in some very strange times where um we kind of often ask ourselves how do we get here? How did we did we get here? and it's pretty much by not doing anything that's how we got here um and therefore i've been wanting to go through some of this stuff because maybe you are going through the same thing in your mind sort of like how do we get here and what can we do to get ourselves out and 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 this is a lot we've been it's it's been complicated times so again, thank you to Nathan Raffel for uh, being on the show. Uh, I look forward to having him uh, again uh, on here, and um, I think he might be working on his own uh, podcast show. So I'm looking forward to that, and and we'll, we'll probably have a few more conversations before uh, that is launched. If not, you know that I, I look forward to uh, to listening to it. Aside from that, I want you to make sure that you become. A more thoughtful uh, individual that you uh, make sure that in this world full of information and uh, for you to realize that half of it is bullshit at least right these days we're dealing with the whole conspiracy theory of QAnon now there's a viable ca- candidate in Georgia uh, for the Republican Party that is uh, a firm believer in QAnon uh if you don't know what that is, uh I'm gonna talk a little bit more uh about that in the um next week's episode. But basically it's supposed to be a White House um insider giving information to people as the um the name he goes by Q Annan or she goes by Q uh online. And they've been yeah, it's 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 heavy uh how that is. And what that reminds me of is the way that the um Tea Party took over the Republican the Republican Party uh ten years ago, uh or so uh, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, right around there, where it became it went from the old Republican Party that was able to meet the Democrats in the middle, and it became then the more fringe Republican party that we have now and now Donald Trump has helped QAnon, which is even an extreme, even more extreme version of the Republican Party, which can probably be, you know, put on par with like uh, the Taliban, as extreme as they are, um, onto the map. And so we are headed into some very, very severe and strange times if we don't get up and do something. If you have a smart device, you can listen on. Alexa, um, you can ask for the open bar experience. Also, we have our own website, which is openbar.space. You can check us out also on your favorite app, whether it's iHeartRadio, TuneIn, uh, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. Check it out, the open bar experience. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and keep the conversation going.